y'all. Welcome back to the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden. We're kicking off this new year with episode 188, where I'm chatting with Kim Fredrickson. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's been teaching people for years about self-compassion. In fact, she wrote a book called Give Yourself a Break. Well, unfortunately, Kim was also diagnosed with breast cancer and a rare side effect of her treatment, pulmonary fibrosis. With doctors giving her three to five years to live, Kim decided to spend some of that time writing another book for her kids, sharing her thoughts to help them raise the grandkids she'd never meet. She titled that book, Give Your Kids a Break, and she self-published it so that we can also benefit from her wisdom. If you're a mom with a strong inner critic, a voice inside your head that tells you, ugh, you did it again, you're such a failure, why can't you get anything right, this episode is for you. We will breathe a collective sigh of relief as Kim reminds us that we're still in training, that this job, this motherhood journey is a process. We're not going to get it all right, right away. And we won't even have a day where we won't make a mistake that we need to speak kindly to ourselves. My prayer is that this gives you some peace as you enter in the new year and gives you a little bit of a break. All right, let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Kim, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Well, thank you. It is just delightful to be here with you and all your listeners. I'm thrilled that Christy Clover connected us. Me too. You are the perfect match for this group of gals. Thank you. Thank (laughs) you. I'm just happy to be here. Y'all just hang on because you're going to be blown away and so encouraged by Kim. Uh, So, Kim, there's a lot to your story. I want to get right to it. But would you introduce everyone to your family real quick? Oh, of course. Yeah. So I um, have been married for 39 years to my husband, Dave, um, who uh, is actually tired now, but he uh, was a a pastor for many, many years and also a full-time seminary professor. So um, we have been married a long time and I have two adult children. Um, Our daughter's 28 and our son is 30 and he just recently got married a few months ago. And so we have a new daughter-in-law as well. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. So uh, I connected with you because Christy told me about your new book uh, for parents. But I want to know a little bit, and I want the gals listening to know a little bit about the story behind the book, why why you decided to write it, and what you used to do professionally and all of that. Okay. I would be happy to. So um, I'll start with the professional because it kind of fits in. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I um, I was a marriage and family therapist for over 30 years. And I also was a seminary professor teaching master's level students um, how to become counselors. And I did lots and lots of speaking and um, about parenting and about marriage for all those years and also um, uh, have have published two books. So that's my background. But um, all of that got interrupted. All of that, but the writing actually got interrupted uh, four and a half years ago when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And mm. it, it was something, a lump that I found myself on an exam went right in and it was an aggressive form. So I had to have um, a lumpectomy and then chemo and radiation. And it was a, a nine or 10 month process. It was really hard. It was 
harder than I thought, honestly. And, but I was very hopeful because I thought, well, you know, they caught it pretty early and I'm, I'm just going to do everything I can. And then when I'm done, I'll get back to my life. And I still worked part-time part through parts of that. Um, but, uh, wanted to get back to my practice full-time and all of that. But about four days after I was done with radiation, which for me was the last step, I noticed I couldn't take a deep breath. And so I went right into the doctor and, you know, they did a whole bunch of tests. And after two months, they diagnosed me with, um, pulmonary fibrosis, which is a terminal lung disease. Mm -hmm. So super hard to, you know, have gone through all this treatment to have, you know, hopefully have the breast cancer not take my life. And it turned out the thing that caused the pulmonary fibrosis was the treatment itself. So the Mm -hmm. chemo and the radiation is what gave me this disease. So that Mm -hmm. was three and a half years ago. And as you can imagine, it's turned my world upside down. And they they gave you a timeline. They gave me three to five years to live. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm at three and a half right now. Praise God. And when you, you get that number. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. You get that number and you start, I'm sure, evaluating every yes. way you spend every minute. Yes, exactly. We all have an endpoint. Mm-hmm. But when someone gives you yes. that line, it it puts a value on every minute. So what did it motivate you to do? Yeah. So, you know, I, I've done taking care of lots of business, honestly, just in making sure I don't leave my husband a mess. And me. so I'm doing all of those things. But about a year ago, I decided all of a sudden I was, you know, I was aware of it, but I was reflecting that, um, that I, I knew that I wouldn't be here to help mm. my children when they had children of their own, that I wouldn't be able to be a grandmother, which is just really probably the hardest thing for me, actually. And mm. cause I would have just loved to have been a grandmother. And so it just kind of hit me that, like, what could I do to help them? Like, I I won't be here. I mean, barring a miracle, I won't be here. So what could I do from afar? And so, you know, part of my, all of my work had been teaching parenting classes for probably 20 years. And seriously, I had thousands of people come to these things. Like, they were very popular. And because I'm very practical and helpful and all those things, you know. That's awesome. And I thought, oh, I know what, I'll just take all these files off my computer and turn them into a book for them. And I, it, it took a lot of work because they're just handouts, you know. So, I mean, it was, it wasn't yeah. just slapping together. And so I was working on it and I was going to surprise them. And um, honestly, Heather, as I was working on it, I thought, this is really good. I mean, if I could say myself, I thought, <laughs> yeah, no, that's I, great. I really like this book. Like, this is really good. So I actually told them um, a while ago that um, about the surprise I was going to do for them. And of course, they were so touched and teary and just, you know, it was hard but tender. Um, but then I said, I'd really like to self-publish it. Um, so that other people could benefit too. And would that be okay? And they said, yes, it would be fine. And, um, my publisher was actually interested, but it takes, um, 18 months to two years to have a book published it once you have a contract. And I knew I probably didn't have that long. And so I just thought, no, I, I can't, I have to just publish it myself. So I, I did, um, about uh, a little over a month ago, I published, um, give your kids a break um, parenting with compassion for you and your children. 
And so it was really important to me because my prior book <clears throat> is Give Yourself a Break, um, Turning Your Inner Critic into a Compassionate Friend. And I decided that in all the parenting advice I was giving, you know, about boundaries and listing, getting your kids to cooperate, just, I mean, like a ton of things that I wanted to interweave um, moms and dads to be compassionate with themselves as they parent, and then in turn, how to teach your children how to be compassionate with themselves, because, you know, life is so hard, and we go through so much that it's super important to be compassionate with ourselves as we live our lives. So that's the backstory. It's, it's so good. And y'all, I mean, I think I read like a page and I was <laughs> wanting to underline every sentence because I've already told Kim uh, and maybe you listening can identify with this, that I am so hard on myself. I vividly remember we had little kids and it was the end of the day and I was doing the whole rundown of all the ways I'd messed up. And my husband's advice was, can't you just lighten up a little bit on yourself? Like, and I thought, Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, yeah. Like, How sure. do I do that? I'll just, I'll just lighten up. I can't. I can't just lighten up and make it all go away. These voices in my head that are telling me what I should do. And I didn't even have Instagram then. I would be a whole wreck of a person with little kids and Instagram. I mean, oh telling God. me, oh, my Advent calendar should look like this. And my, my I mean, you mean you have an Advent calendar? Oh, man, I have one my sister gave me that's like, you know, Velcro hot glued on a felt Christmas tree, but is not Pinterest perfect or anything cute. So but I think exactly that to say, but you have one mm -hmm. and you're doing something. I, I could not focus on what went well. Yeah. And I just love this concept of giving yourself compassion like you would to a friend. Mm -hmm. Like if my friend said all those things to me, what would I say to exactly. her? You know? So how do we do this? <laughs> Help tell me, Kim. Me, me. Fix me and then fix everybody else while they're listening. Oh, you're so funny. <laughs> Yeah, oh, please, goodness. please. <laughs> well, I think, oh, there's a lot of parts to it. But, you know, I, I think the first thing, so the first thing is, the first thing is being kind. Okay, so I'm going to say something and I'm going to demonstrate how I would talk to myself, okay? Okay, um, perfect. The first thing is to be compassionate with yourself that you're not. Like, in other mm. words, there are reasons why you and other, everyone listening have trouble being kind to themselves. There's really good reasons. So a lot of them can be um, your background growing up. You know, I mean, we kind of learn how to treat ourselves based on not just parents or grandparents. It could be a teachers in school or coaches or, you know, there, there's just your family background um, that teaches mm -hmm. you how to respond to yourself when you mess up. Well, if you've had that message, we're talking I was going to say thousands, maybe millions of times. Of course, right, that's going right. to be your first response. So like something I might say to myself about that is, you know, it's really hard to not have a compassionate voice inside. It's hard to instead have a critical voice that's beating me up. And I don't want to have that voice. At the same time, why on earth do I think I would know how to do that if I've never been taught? Like that's nothing mm. I've ever learned how to do. And the good mm -hmm. news is I can, I can learn. Yeah. So that's the first thing is just your family background. Second is, oh my Lord, especially as mothers these days, 
um, social media and the internet, it's a blessing and a huge curse because, you know, as you know, I'm sure everybody knows you, you see everyone's best moments, right? And so nobody puts up the advent calendar that looks horrible, right? I mean, nobody <laughs> says I, I've, I fed my kids fast food every night this week because I, I don't have time to cook or because I'm crying in my room because I, I can't do anything because I'm overwhelmed. I mean, nobody puts those things up, right? And so we're always right in front of us being compared to everyone's best moments. And everyone, including myself, comes up short on that one. So we have all of this input, you know, not just social media, but, you know, just TV and movies and, I mean, you name it every, every place. Like when I was a mom, um, the internet came, you know, somewhere along when they were little, but it wasn't really active like now. And so, you know, I would compare myself to my friends, but I mean, I only Mm -hmm. had, you know, five or six (laughs) close friends, but now we're comparing yourself to millions of people. Right. Oh, and with your friends, you've seen their low lights. Exactly. (laughs) You know where you're a little better than them in the other areas. Yeah. So it's very, mm-hmm. very hard. Um, so even yeah. that, I would say, well, gosh, no wonder. No wonder I compare myself. No wonder I see my advent calendar and think, oh, my gosh, this thing is just, it's embarrassing. Because yeah. everybody else that shows their advent calendar, um, you know, it looks fantastic. And most people don't even have one. Most people aren't even thinking about advent. They're not They're not right. thinking about how to honor Christ in this season. And I, and I am. And so even though I have kind of a lame advent calendar, good for me. Good for me that I have one and that it's in my heart to teach my children about Jesus during this time. And I'm going to have an imperfect calendar and it's going to be okay. Yeah. So it's, it's really taking, the way I think of it as Heather is, it's taking grace and truth and applying it to every situation. So by that, I mean, like the truth part is, you know, I have this imperfect calendar or I yelled at my kids or, you know, I had to pull clothes out of the laundry and shake them out because I didn't get to laundry. Like there's truth to that. Okay. And then there's the grace part is, but there's a reason. And even though I'm struggling, even though I wish I could take that moment back, I'm still a valuable person of great worth and value. That doesn't, my action here, this mistake I made, doesn't affect who I am as a person. That's good. Well, talking of who you are as a person, do you think, too, there's certain personalities or wiring that are more prone towards a critical eye or judgment or holding a higher standard for themselves? Oh, absolutely. I do. Yeah. Think so that. if it's hardwired, does it, it kind of feels like, well, then I'm, I'm stuck. I'm always like this. Never going to change. Like, or some people I know are just born positive people. Like they just see mm-hmm. the sunny side. Yeah. People have different temperaments coming out yeah. of the room. They're, that is yeah. So to that, I would say, you know what? It's really hard to have been born with a temperament that's pretty harsh on myself, mm. you know, that has super high standards. Like it, like I came out that way and then that got reinforced through various means. Right. It's hard to not have that, you know, half, half full temperament. Mm. And that makes things harder for me. And, and that's really difficult. Like, gosh, I'm dealing with a lot more than most people. I have to fight a battle that other people don't have to fight. And that's really difficult. I feel bad for myself. 
that's what I would say. Yeah. And it's not self-pity. You were talking about the difference. No. So to, to tell uh, the listener the difference between self-compassion and self-pity. Yeah. So self-compassion. So I'll start with self-pity just says, I'm, I'm kind of a horrible, awful person mm. and you know, that's it. Right. <laughs> like, you right. know, case closed. Um, it, but it's very, it's actually self-focused, self-pity is. And, and, you know, people do it not meaning to, it's not intentional, mm-hmm. but it's very self-focused. Whereas self-compassion um, says that I matter and so do other people. Like, like I can have other people's viewpoint in my, you know, in my sights. I can, I can care about them, but I can also care about myself and again, I, I make mistakes, but I'm also a valuable person. Mm. So self-compa- self-pity actually usually leaves people completely stuck. Mm. Mm. And until we figure this out for ourselves or start practicing mm-hmm. it, it's hard to dictate to our children that they need to be more self-compassionate. Right, right. And I mean, I think it's super good, you know, and I spend time in the book talk, talking about that very thing. But, you know, I have a chapter to parents about becoming compassionate with yourselves. And then I have one about how to teach your children how to be compassionate. And then I kind of interweave it through the whole book. But um, the, the the fact is, though, that it, you can, you know, like, let's say your child comes home, they have a really bad grade and or, or they, yeah, I'll just use that one. They had a bad grade. And, um, you know, they actually studied, you know, that they did, but they just kind of blanked, you know, when the test came and like things happen like that. And they come home, you're saying, I'm so stupid. And every all the other kids are smart and I'm just stupid. And, you know, and let's say you say to them, um, you know what, honey? I'm so sorry that that happened. And you have to feel so terrible because you did study. I saw you study and you and I, you know, did flashcards and like you worked hard. Um, and it's so hard that you didn't do well on the test, but honey, you're not, you're stupid at all. You had a bad day. I mean, everybody has days where they blank out or they can't remember. And, um, I don't, you know, maybe you could talk to yourself and tell yourself, I'm a very good kid that studied hard, but I, I had a bad test. Mm-hmm. Like, so let's say you say that to them and that's good to say. Mm-hmm. That's good. I, I would say something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then an hour later, you're cooking dinner and you spill spaghetti on the floor or whatever it is you do. Right. And you say to yourself, I am so stupid. Mm-hmm. Other moms don't do this. Mm-hmm. And gosh, what is wrong with me? And your child's over there. Like, what are they going to believe? Right. What you, right. the nice little thing you told them that was true. Um, or are they going to believe how you treat yourself? Right. So good. And I do know, like you'd said before about temperament, certain kids are just born yes. with a, a bent one way or another. And they go to like the depths of despair in a second. Mm-hmm. And the other one's uh-huh. like not even actually owning up to the tiniest thing they did wrong. They're like, mm-hmm, no, mm-hmm. it's fine. And they're making excuses for, so exactly. how do you deal with like a child who maybe is overly <laughs> compassionate with themselves? <laughs> Right. Yeah, you're right. Because see, it's so amazing because we can take something good and mess it up. Right, way, right. The, right. We can you take know, anything and swing nature. it right off the balance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's just human nature. Mm-hmm. But see, even that is like, well, that's human nature. Mm. Like, it's not, it doesn't make us bad. It makes us human, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're not, you know, we're great and we have great potential and we have great worth, but we have a lot of things that we're dealing with that are hard. Yeah. And so we get off course. Yeah. Um, so I would say, like, to that that child... Actually, I'm going to give you a story of uh, when when we were kids were little and we had this neighbor that used to visit and he, um, 
they had like eight kids. And so every morning his parents would just like send the children out to play. <laughs> Smart. And so of course they ended up at our house and we had to put a sign up that said, yes, you can knock. No, you can't knock because they were always come trying to come That's over. So funny. But anyway, so this one little boy, I'm sorry that I can't remember his name because there was eight of them. Um, um, he came over and our kids were taking um, karate. They were, I don't know, you know, six and seven or something. Yeah. And, um, and one of them had their still had their little outfit on, and um, and he came over and he said, "I'm I'm a black belt." And you know he's like probably seven or eight. You know, I said, "You are really." And he said, "Yes, I'm a black belt. I can do all kinds of things." And 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 I said, "Really?" I said, "Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I think maybe you wish you were a black belt." Mm. Because I, I don't think you could be a black belt. It takes a lot of years to be a black belt. Do you think it's more like you just wish you were a black belt? And he said, yeah. He hung his <laughs> head. And he said, yeah. You know, and yeah. I mean, you could say he was lying. But, you know, at that age, like, I think he was probably like seven or something. You know, it's like he sort of was, but he just kind of wished it was that way. So even kids, like, let's say, I know that's not exactly your question. No, but, no, no. But like, where there's like an overconfidence for. Right. Yes, yeah. Yes. It's just to be able to say, you know what, honey, I, I know that you want to believe that that you weren't part of that fight happening. But but I was there and and I saw you do some really good things, but I also saw you do some things that that contributed to that fight. And so it's okay, you know, we all do things wrong. Um but it's important to try to learn from them. So, you know, what do you what do you feel like what's one thing that you think that you did to contribute to that fight? And like, I would just kind of prompt them along because for them, they're feeling, honestly, I know it sounds like they're all snooty, but they're probably feeling ashamed. Mm, and, so and it's like their people, compensation. for Yeah. Okay. When people feel ashamed, they blame other people because they feel like if I really look at my shame, then I'm going to collapse inside. Like I can't survive it. Mm. And so I have to say it with somebody else. Mm. And so that's why self-compassion honestly is desperately important because kids feel shame a lot and not because we've shamed them just they they fail at everything well they're trying to figure out who they are right so they're putting that label on themselves so maybe i am bad maybe i Uh am wrong because i did wrong yeah exactly i did wrong so i am wrong and Mm. it's more like no actually you're a good kid and you did do something wrong Mm. like it's both and so we we tend to swing one side or the other I'm all good or I'm all bad. It's like, oh, no. I mean, God is all good, but he's the only one. And so <laughs> and so, it's like, you know, we're all a big mix. And so it's important to be able to be comf- become comfortable with, yeah, I make lots of mistakes. I'm really sorry that I hurt you. I mean, I really, truly am. I'm going to learn from it. Um, and I'm still a good person. I'm still valuable. I think it's really great what you're saying because I think – in my mind, when one of my boys would act that way, not owning it, I would take it as a f- character flaw that they can't uh-huh. own their mistakes. But in truth, I need to give them the language of self-compassion that I, yeah, I'm they assuming they know it. Okay, mm-hmm. that's good. That's very yeah. Good. They just they just don't know it, and they're just kind of trying to survive the whole thing, <laughs> whatever it was, right? Yeah. You know, let's see. Yes. I'm going to pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. It's I'm not that big a deal. Yeah. yeah. It's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. Where the reality is, you know, it, it was a deal. Maybe it wasn't a big deal, 
but it needs to be addressed. And, and I love you and you're okay. Yeah. It's yeah, acknowledging it. It's acknowledging mm-hmm. it, putting words to it and putting grace on top of it versus yes. ignoring and I, it and just saying exactly. everything's fine, which is not right. really right. a solution. See, th- there's no hope of learning or growing if you don't acknowledge. Mm. Literally no hope. Mm. And so that's why it's so important to acknowledge. And given the fact that there's no hope in learning or growing unless we acknowledge, I need to take a second and acknowledge something really big. Uh, this past weekend marks the one-year anniversary of my father's passing. And I've never done this before. And I need to practice Kim's self-compassion even as I walk through grief. Even as I walk through the anniversary of his passing. You know, my husband and my friends all want to help me. They're like, what can we do? And I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell them. But I even can practice speaking kindly to myself in that and not feel bad about that I'm grieving wrong. I mean, it's amazing what we can beat ourselves up about. And Kim was so sweet. She wrote me, I'm going to click over here to this email she wrote me. It was so sweet. Uh, and I want to share it with you because it's compassionate words I can say to myself from the last year and what I've been through. And I hope it gives you an example of things you can say to yourself. This year has been so hard. I just barely made it through. There's so many things I wish were different. There are times I wish I was more positive or reacted differently. I mean, that makes sense. Anyone who went through a year like I did would have regrets and wish some things were different. At the same time, I made it. I supported my mom at one of the most difficult times of her life, both through her cancer and through the death of my father. I did it. I was there for her. It was harder than I ever thought it would be for any of us. At the same time, I took care of my family and ran my business, and there were glitches, of course. How could there not be? Most women in my situation would have fallen apart. And when I step back and look at what the last year has actually been like, I'm amazed I did it. Now it's time to breathe out my negative thoughts and breathe in the truth of all that went well. I'm going to start a list. I know God will keep bringing things to mind I may not have thought of. Maybe I'll post it so my husband and kids can add to it. And maybe at dinner or family meetings, we can share the hard times and also what went well. This is my time to recover in whatever ways work for me. I don't have to follow anyone else's plan. I'm going to notice what things are helping and breathe new life into me and keep doing those things. I'm going to make being kind and compassionate with myself for being human a top priority starting right now. I'm a wonderful, flawed person. So I've never done this before. One thing that helps this week uh, leading up to the anniversary, because it's usually like the anticipation of an anniversary that's hardest I'm learning in this grief process. Uh, Songfinch sent me a song. Do you remember I shared uh, about them in episode 187? Basically, they will curate songs for you. You tell them uh, who it's for, what it's for, and the reaction you want. You give them stories and memories and feelings. You pick the vocalist. You pick the genre and the mood. And within seven days, they've created and delivered your songs. We did this for a Christmas present for our boys. And the artist created like a rap Hamilton style song. The boys loved uh, each boy had his own verse. It was amazing. So in honor of my dad, Song Finch graciously created a song. And given the news lately with how awful some men have been to women and just hearing friends talk about their dads and stepdads, I am overwhelmed with gratitude for the gift of my dad. 
And not only that, the gift of my husband, the gift of my boys and the men that are in my life. So I just want to share this a little bit of the song with you. And uh, if you want to check out Song Finch, go to songfinch.com. Use the coupon code GodCenteredMom, all caps, to get $20 off of the song. God Centered Mom. All right, here's a little piece of the song Men Like That by Jordan Searcy. good okay so i know yeah the whole book has tons of nuggets in it like it's not just (laughs) about self-compassion there's all this parenting advice um what section is your favorite like if you could get a mom and hang out with her and give her like the best Mm. advice beyond self-compassion but something that you find moms struggle with i think it's um i mean it is self-compassion but maybe it's more specific um would be for moms to be compassionate with themselves. Yeah. Because the thing is, is, you know, there's the whole, obviously, you know, mo- moms buy parenting books because they want to be better moms and they want to help their children. Right. And that's good. Right. I, I had, that's why they're listening today. Books. That's why they're right. listening today. <laughs> However, yeah. yeah, usually parenting books aren't for the moms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they're for how mm-hmm. you should be a better mom, you know, mm-hmm. but this, you know, my big thrust, and certainly I, I believe that, you know, 
handing that down to your children is it will change their lives forever and, and their children's children. It's humongous. But I have such a heart for moms who are so hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, we don't expect to have a learning curve? You don't expect to mess up? Like, why are we supposed to know everything about everything? I mean, things that we have no business knowing about. Right. You know, like, in other, we don't have any experience. Right. And so I feel like, I guess I want to say to moms is that you have an impossible job. And I don't mean that in a discouraging way. I mean that in a validating way. It's like, our job is really hard. And, and the thing that I noticed was, and I'm sure all of you listening notice, is that <clears throat> just when you feel like you have it down, right? So, okay, now I know how, I know what to do with my three-year-old. You know, they turn four, right? Yeah. And then you have a seven-year-old and you're like, okay, they seem to be, I'm getting better with helping them figure out school. And then they, you know, they go into fourth grade and it changes radically or, you know, just pick your ages, right? Yeah. And so it's an impossible job in the sense of it's never done. And every situation is a learning curve, mm-hmm. because not just for children, because for sure that everything they're doing is they're learning and they're failing and they're learning and they're failing. I mean, everything is trial and error, but it is moms too. See, yeah. because, and, and, and so let's say you raised your first child a certain way and then this all worked for them, but boy, oh boy, it didn't work for the second one or the <laughs> yeah. third one. Even if right? they're the same gender. Oh, oh. yeah. It doesn't make any difference because yeah. they have a different temperament, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I would just say, you know, it, the part that's really good is that you want to be the best mom you can. You want to really make a forever difference in your child's life. You want to raise a good person, uh, a kind, you know, person who can succeed and live life and all good, all good. Okay. But too much pressure. And so on yourself. And, and so I would just say, be kind to yourself about um, all the pressure that you're under from yourself, from people around you, from media, mm-hmm. um, and realize that the fact that you feel discouraged at times and you're exhausted um, and all of those things is just normal. It's normal. And, you know, trying to take care of yourself is important. Like I'll give you an example. When my kids were little, I would get, um, before they were even in preschool, I would get a babysitter two mornings a week. And one morning I would work. I I had a little office and I still worked a little bit when they were in Mm -hmm. school, um, when they were little. And the other, the other, um, three hour break, I went, I'm not kidding you. I went and sat at McDonald's with a diet Coke and a magazine and awesome. I couldn't even read like an actual book. No, like it had to just be magazines. <laughs> and sometimes I wouldn't read at all. I would just stare into space and I would relish the fact that no one was asking me to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I could just sit there by myself and have some quiet time. And yeah. so for me, that was like, and like, I have to tell you when summer came and it was vacation Bible school. And by the way, my husband was a pastor. So a little <laughs> bit of pastor wife stuff going on there. Yeah. Um, and, and people would always ask me, would I teach, um, you know, vacation Bible school? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. heck no, that's mom, that's mommy's vacation. Like I, I'm not in the teaching. midst of the summer. I need that. Yeah. That's yes, right. I'm sure. living for that week. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And so, you know, I would get together with friends or I would do nothing. I would just sit in my house. I mean, mm. sometimes I would catch up on things, but I just made sure that I had time for myself, even if it was a little bit, you know, and so just taking care of yourself, realizing that 
the more that you care for yourself, the more you actually give to give to your family. And then just be, you know, try to be kind, learn these things to be kind to yourself um, when you mess up, because you will till the end of time. So if we aren't practiced in being kind to ourselves, like we Mm -hmm. literally, the voice immediately pops in our head with the negative. Yeah. Do we, we say the thing you said earlier where it's, you know, this is hard for me. Mm-hmm. After the voice pops up, up oh, there it is. Like just acknowledging that yeah, voice. Well, is that I, I would put a step right before that one. So yes, okay. I would I would do exactly what I said before. But what I would do, and I seriously do this even now, and like people, my husband laughs at me, but I say things out loud, and so I will actually. So I, what I do is I hear a negative voice, and I say to my and it, and it isn't that I'm. It isn't like, oh, you need to pay attention to that. It's like, you're bad, you know, that kind of voice, yeah. right? And yeah. so I put my hand up like a stop sign, like physically. I'll put my hand up <laughs> to good. myself. And I say, stop. I'm not going to teach treat myself that way. I'm not going to get down on myself for something that was a normal mistake. And then mm-hmm. I would probably go into the compassionate words. But I have you have to stop, at least for me, I have to stop like, you know, like with your kids, you would go, no, stop it right now. You know, but right. not in a harsh right. way, just more of a like, no, I'm not doing that to myself anymore. Mm. And even if you say to yourself, I don't know what to say instead. <laughs> but what I do know is I'm not going to beat myself up. Mm. That's huge right there. That step is huge. Yeah. And then is it outside of the time of mistakes that you come up with some phrases that you could say? Yeah. So sometimes you can't in the moment. Sometimes it's just yeah. too hard. And so later. So what you- are some of those good phrases? Uh, you've said so many already, but I think just saying them again and just to get in our head. Yeah. Sometimes I ask myself questions and actually, to be honest, the first book um, probably has a lot, even a lot more of that. Just, I mean, the mm. first book, the whole thing is about, you know, turning your inner critic into a compassionate friend. And then the second has a lot of that and is specifically applied to parenting. But in the first one, I know, I remember I have a whole bunch of questions to ask myself, like things like, um, I kind of challenge myself. So I'll say, um, okay, do I really think that I'm going to go through the day without making a mistake? Mm. You know, do, do I honestly believe that I will not hurt the people that I love? You know, do I believe that I'm actually not human? Mm. You know, I'll, I'll ask myself questions and then I'll even say things like, um, even though this is really hard, um, there's a lot I can learn from it and there's a lot I can teach my children. Like I remember one time where I was really hard on myself and said it out loud, you know, and the kids are kind of cringing along with me, listening to my voice. And, um, and it took me several hours, but later I came back and I, I just said, you know, do you remember what I said to myself when I forgot to get your school supplies? Cause my kids needed them. I didn't get them and it was due the next day, you know? And, yeah. um, and they told me, so like they did their part And, um, they said, yeah, you, you said you were stupid and a bad mom. And I said, I know. Mm. I said, how did you, so this is important too. How did you feel when I said that? And listen to this, Mm. this just shows you what happens inside of children. Um, they said, we felt bad. And one of them said, 
I felt like maybe I shouldn't have asked you to go get my school supplies. So in other words, they're blaming themselves for something that like they have ownership. Yeah. Zero responsibility. And I was so Mm -hmm. glad I asked because then I could correct it. And I said, Oh Mm -hmm. my gosh, I am so sorry. I said, and then I just, you know, I said, gosh, you guys did the great job. You told me what to get. I wrote it down. Like you did everything just right. And I just forgot. And I, and, and then I said, I feel bad that I treated myself that way. Like, Mm -hmm. I just forgot. It's okay to forget. And, um, and I said, I'm just sorry that you felt bad too about what I said. And, you know, I, um, let's go get them now. Or I don't know what I did, but you know, we rectified it, but it was like, they felt bad hearing me be mean to myself and then they took it on. So, well, and I think they work hard to prevent those kind of outbursts uh-huh. from happening again. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, they I just correct each other. Oh, they do. Yeah. Yes. Or they correct each other so that mm-hmm. the one sibling that's more difficult doesn't do the mm-hmm. thing that makes mom. Right. Do the freak out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm speaking from personal no, experience No, I think you've heard all. a friend no struggle with a that. A friend right? did that. Yeah. That was a friend. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. No, my kids do it perfect. <laughs> but, but yeah, see, no, the, the thing, sibling thing. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, though, is, and I think I said, too, I used that as an opportunity to say, what do you guys say to yourself when you mess up? So, I mean, it was mm-hmm. really, it was kind of a nice way to, well, I say, you know, and I talked about it and you know what? And I, sometimes I say, well, what is it? What do you think the truth is? Do you think any of your friends do those things? You know? So I just, we try to challenge these automatic beliefs that, you know, you're not supposed to make your mistakes. You're supposed to, as a mother, you're supposed to know everything. You're supposed to do it all right. perfect. You're supposed to never be, you know, it's like, it's crazy making because that, those are impossible, those beliefs. And you have chapters on building emotional closeness mm-hmm. and getting your kids to listen. And I'm guessing that when this self-compassion is a part of your family culture, there's a potential for closeness. There's a potential oh, yeah. for listening because oh, there's yeah. a trust mm-hmm. that it's okay if I make a mistake in this house. Yeah, that you will find, yeah. you will be shocked that um, emotional con- connection with your children, like having a emotionally close relationship. And I kind of go into that a lot as well as self-passion, like seriously, it will, it will bring down fighting and agitation and, and misbehavior 50%. Wow. 50%. We need that yeah. in my house right now. Yeah. Yeah. We're coming off a season of us a lot uh-huh. of critical spirit, mm-hmm. uh, judgment, attacking. Mm-hmm. No one can make a mistake kind of season. So, yeah, yeah. I would, we need a reformulation. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> I would seriously, like, I'm just going to tell, like, I have a section in there about having a family meet, how to have family yes. meetings and do allowance and do chores and all that practical stuff. But I would encourage you, you can see it, try it if you want, but to just have a series of family meetings, I wouldn't even call them that. But, um, well, you can, we used to have them. Okay. But just to say, hey, you know what? This last whatever period of time, has been really tough mm-hmm. and, and, and there's been some really good parts to it and there's been some really hard parts. And I would sort of start that way and let everybody share what those are. Right. And you have to sort, you've got to have some rules like, you know, you can't criticize each other's comments and right. you can't speak for another person right. and those kinds of, I have some rules in there about family meetings, but, um, and then, and then just sort of start that discussion. Mm. And then you could even share if you want to at some point. Like I would have a series of them, you know, not all at once. But, um, you know, like I found myself in the last period of time 
acting in ways or saying things that I really wish I hadn't. And I'm going to really work on those. And then even say what, you know, like kind of go, I said, well, what was it like for you when I was having my freakouts or, you know, whatever, whatever yeah. words you would use yeah. and just, just to get the discussion going. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not to blame anybody. Like, there are seasons of life that are just plain old hard. Yeah. Okay. You can speak from experience. Yeah, Yeah. I can. Yeah. I mean, there are seasons that are just really hard and it's like nobody's fault. You're just dealing with incredibly difficult things. Mm -hmm. So good. Ugh. so good. (laughs) I want to talk to you forever, Kim. That's what I want to (laughs) do. I just want your voice. We just need to have like two minute recordings that you can have your own podcast and do that. (laughs) You're never going to believe this, but I actually have two recordings. I'll send you the links to them. I forgot. I didn't even think about doing it. Of I've recorded self-compassionate statements. Did I tell you a story? Is that I uh, I used to speak on this before when you know I didn't have I was because I'm on oxygen 24 seven. I have like a tube that I'm breathing from right now uh, because I my lungs don't give me enough oxygen. But um, before I was have that limitation, I was speaking about self-compassion and. People, and I would read these self-compassionate statements and, you know, they're throughout both of the books. And so I would just read these and people come up and say, do you have those recordings? Yeah. And like, and I've got, no, I don't have that. Like I was busy. Like I don't have time to do something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, but after seriously the 50th person, I was like, huh, I should probably record this. So I have two self-compassionate recordings of my voice saying all these things. Fabulous. And, um, okay. and I've had people tell me that, that they have made a huge difference just because it does change, you know, changes the automatic thinking. It's and so um, I've sold thousands of these things. I was like, wow. Okay. I guess, yeah. I, guess I need to, no, I need to record need, these. We need new voices in our head and you're, you've yeah. got this nice soothing tone to your voice. <laughs> I just want to listen to forever oh. and ever. But yeah, y'all, I mean, this book, it's not just on self-compassion. Like we said, I mean, there's the listen chapter I told you about setting healthy boundaries and limits and love and building personal responsibility for kids, helping your kids cooperate, helping your kids become emotionally healthy, helping your kids with anger and fear, helping your kids work through tough situations and feeling skills for that. And then the chores allowance family meetings. It's like, there's more to coaching your kids through life. (laughs) There's so much in this book. Um, It is a fabulous resource and what a gift you've given all of us just today and through this. Um, So thank thank you. you. Thank you for taking time to do it. Um, I am so grateful to have you on. Where can people find you online? I'll put the link in the show notes, but just say it. Just Sure. Yeah. So um, uh, the first book you can, oh, find me online. Yeah. Where are you? Yeah. My Mm -hmm. my website is kimfredrickson.com. It's um, F-R-E. K-I-M-F-R-E-D-R-I-C-K-S-O-N.com. And I also write a blog, a weekly blog about self-compassion. And um, and then as far as the books, um, the first book is kind of online everywhere. The second one is um, online with Amazon, either Kindle or paperback. So great. And so I'll send great. you the links for the recordings too. Yeah. No, I'll put those in the show notes too. Okay. So great, Kim. Thank you so much for being oh, with us pleasure. today. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's just a delight to talk with you and all of your listeners. And, um, you know, I, I don't say this lightly. I just say, be kind to yourself, you know, treasure every minute that you have and, um, don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. It's good. They're doing a good work. Right? Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Okay, y'all. 
That's it. Uh, Write out your self-compassion statements or go get the ones that Kim recorded. Uh, So helpful. It was helpful for me to reread that email she sent. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. Okay, here's my idea real quick before I sign off for this episode. I would love to have you guys on the show. And in order to do that, I have this little way that you can record your voice. So um, I'm thinking we could do some short episodes where you record a little question, like a minute or two, and then I can answer them or have a mentor answer them. And we can call them the Not Alone series. What do you think? So uh, stay tuned via Instagram, Facebook for details on that. But I thought I would mention it here since um, it's hard for me to figure out where you all are learning things, whether it's through these episodes or it's Instagram or it's Facebook or it's emails. So I thought I'd mention it here and I'll also mention it Facebook and Instagram once I get that link up. But keep your eyes peeled because I'd love to have you all on the show with what's going on in your life and how we can help you feel less alone, providing mentorship, friendship, and discipleship. All right, y'all the greatest. Have a great week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.